Rock Salt Radio. Be afraid also, tremendously afraid, for the day of reckoning is upon us. Broadcasting from within our six feet social distance. Me and the Lord, we got an understanding. Yeah? We're on a mission from God. On a mission from God. It's Aaron and Dave with the Rock Salt Musecast Experience. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. Don't wait. We're on a mission from God. It's a very special Rock Salt this week. Matt, me and Elwood. Band back together. Ma'am, you got to understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing. Would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matthew to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. Aaron, you remember back in the days of must-see TV? the Cadillac for a microphone. Then you lied to me about the band. Now you're going to put me right back in the joint. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. Anytime they wanted to tackle a big topic, it was a very special episode. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. It was in the primetime hour, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was always, you know, you had a My Special Happy Days or My Special Blossom. Yeah, something like that. They tackle some big issue. Oh, yeah. Lord works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Yep. Strike up the band, Sal. Oh, there we go. It's Sal Policetti and Sunseed, your friend of mine. Yes. Hey, welcome, everybody. If you want to contact us, it's rocksaltradio at gmail.com. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can listen to us uh, on any of your favorite podcast platform so welcome to the show and this is a special show yeah it is a special show we've been talking about doing this for a long time yeah and it just kind of it came together at this point in time hey you know what jesus works in his own time i've been talking about this for like six months but uh everything came together in like the course of like two weeks yes yeah crazy isn't it that's how god works sometimes so um this is our special suicide show. I don't have a better name for it, Aaron. Suicide, depression, and so just how to get help, how to overcome. Yeah, uh, and you know, we put together some music that hopefully somebody that maybe needs to hear it can relate to, uh, make, makes you feel a little better. We're talking to uh, a lot of people this week, actually. Uh, we're going to have... Ryan from Reborn on. Young Lou. Young Lou and Jermaine from Tricord. Yes. And they're all going to tell their stories. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to I'm gonna get on the couch, Aaron, and uh, open up like a psychologist, you know? Yeah. And then we have an organization we met at Aftershock. Uh, they're saying, a, uh, you know, I don't know but, uh, how to volunteer or something someone in their organization is going to um, have a discussion with us uh, to write love on her arms okay and again it's something I wanted because uh, they're not faith based but they help people in, in different ways and it doesn't mean it help has to come from Christ it can come from a friend from a counselor uh, from a therapist 
And so that's why, you know, I wanted them on. And we're also going to do a segment. We're going to talk about Celebrate Recovery, which is an organization that is faith-based, that we have one at our church that's very uh, active. And um, our pastor once a month highlights them um, during the service uh, about how them helping people. So, uh, again, there's uh, help out for uh there's help for everybody, and um, that's what this show is about. Now, I'm, I'm breaking with format just a little. We are going to play songs from secular bands. Yes. And we're playing songs from Christian bands today. Um, the reason that we did it this way is that um, we want to we relate to everyone on this one. And it's okay if you're not religious. It's okay if you're not in church. And it's even okay if you're not going to seek out religion or jesus to help you through it whatever's going to get you through it is what we want you to you know get out of this yeah friends family co-workers um again as i said therapists counselors and these organizations um the suicide prevention uh hotline yeah what's our the, lifeline which you just dial uh i had it pulled up 988 i think 988 it was. on yeah. your cell phone and just like you dial 911, it goes to the emergency operator. You dial 988, and it'll hook you right up with the uh, a suicide prevention lifeline. I, they used to call it a hotline, but I think uh, lifeline is a better term for that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. And I want to stress right off the top, I'm in no way any kind of professional in any of this. The 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 people that are coming on uh, from that organization – I, I'm sorry, Aaron. I don't remember the name of the organization. To write love uh, on her arms. To write love on her arms. Um, we'll find out what that name's all about. But um, they're they're probably much more the experts than I ever would be on this subject. Uh, I tried to find some humor in things because I I think laughing is a great medicine. Um, but we're going to talk about some serious topics and you know, I just want people to know that there's people out there that feel like them that have been through that are willing to talk to them, willing to help people through. And, um, I'm even going to get in later. I'm going to get into, uh, the effects on other people on the people that are left behind. So, uh, it's going to get deep for sure. But I also want you to enjoy the music. I want you to laugh a little and uh, just enjoy what we're doing. And uh, maybe you find a light at the end of the tunnel if that's what you need to find. Yeah, we're going to start the Musecast version with uh, 6 a.m. Life is beautiful because it is. Yeah. Life is uh, great. And I want to talk about the songs a little bit to, you know, explain meaning behind them or at least what they mean to me. I mean, that song in particular is not necessarily about suicide. It's about throwing your life away. And Nikki six was throwing his life away with drugs. And, uh, it wasn't until he cleaned up that he realized that, Hey, life is beautiful and we got to be here for tomorrow. He also during, if you read his book, he talks about, you know, wanting it all to end. And so, uh, he and did have a, he did have a point of really wanting life to end for him, and you know that's that's the thing is is you really feel alone when you're depressed and and going through this stuff, and Nikki Six is a big rock star. I mean, you would think that somebody who isn't alone it would be Nikki Six, right? There's all kinds of people that want to be around him. That's true, 
and uh, he's living in a big mansion, mansion, and he's got money, and he's got cars, and he's got girls, and he's got. You would think that he had all of the ingredients for a happy life with no no cares in the world, right? Yeah, he was hurting on the inside, and some people didn't even see it. And uh, as uh, sometimes writing music and writing in a journal really helps deal with those problems well and 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 he was he was hurting and uh uh, he found what really helped him yeah and uh you know writing in the journal you go back years later like he says in his book he found him in his storage unit and uh you know read through it and and it gave him a snapshot of what was going on at that time and he says uh in the book in his anniversary addiction uh uh edition um, said, don't know how many people have come up to him saying, hey, this book saved my life. Yeah. So, again, if you're out there um, and you know someone hurting, um, you, your thoughts and your words can, and your story could uh, help somebody um, save their life. So, again, there's a lot of different resources out there. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 988 from your cell phone. Um, put you right to them and then um, to write love on our arms. And there's another organization that we're going to talk about in a segment celebraterecovery.com you can uh, reach out to them too for help all right so let's get into this at 6 a.m on the rock salt musecast experience this is keegan from dead sin and you're listening to rock salt radio rock salt musecast experience with aaron and dave and uh it's a very special rock salt you remember how they used to do very special blossom episodes yeah okay yeah it's a very special rock solid it's like the uh <laughs> it's like the after school special yeah <laughs> how you doing guys we got uh jermaine from tricord we got young lou on the line and ryan from reborn and uh what i said what's up what's up <laughs> and, and, so young lou and ryan are out in texas and uh uh jermaine is out in it no not in atlanta you're in georgia but you're not in atlanta yeah, Jessup, Georgia. Jessup. South Georgia. All right. The big city of yeah. Jessup, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. So um, I, I don't know where, how do, how do you want to start this, Aaron? Uh, you just want to go around the room or what? Yeah. Uh, again, what our topic is today is, uh, you know, depression, uh, you know, overcoming depression, um, you know, suicide, getting help and, and, and knowing there is help out there. And so, uh, and I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to pull a group of people together, including myself, who have dealt with some of this stuff in their own way, and uh, they got their own story. So I wanted to to hear everybody's story. Maybe somebody can relate and take something away from it. Well, why don't we start with Ryan? Uh, this all started with you. With um, you talked about your video. You came on and you had uh, the video for um, Ready to Fly. Ready to Fly. Yes, sir. And at the beginning of that video, there's a, a story told in it. Can you can you start with that? Yeah, sure, man. Um, so that music video, Ready to Fly, um, that was the first single that we had released uh, as an original band, and um, it it stemmed out from from my suicide uh, thoughts and and me attempting suicide. Um, so <clears throat> when I was 16. Um, I had a gun to my head and I pulled the trigger and it jammed and 
you know, when that happened, I, I, it was weird because I was afraid, but I just, at that moment I was very selfish. I didn't care. I wasn't, you know, thinking about my family or, or friends or anything. It was just, I was very selfish. I was going through, through, from what I call, uh, you know, those issues in life. Um, a lot of things that were going on that, you know, some people didn't know about, or not a lot of people knew about, um, things that I kept inside and, you know, it eventually built up to a point where I was just like, you know what, forget this. Like my life isn't worth it. I'm not, I'm not, there's no reason for me to be here, you know? And, and I was just ready to give up on life. And, uh, so I, I put a gun to my head and I pulled the trigger and it jammed. Um, and so in the beginning of that video, um, and I think I mentioned it previously that when we came up with the idea for this video, um, our producers of the video, Milton and Ivory, um, shout out to those guys from, uh, LBE, you know, they're awesome guys, you know, and we sat there and we prayed, um, and it was like, you know, Lord, what do you want us to do? You know, tell us how you want this direction of the video to go. Um, cause honestly, I, I've never done a music video like that. So I didn't know what to do, what to expect, how it should play out. I was just like, this is my thought and let's go from there. Um, and so, you know, it, we prayed about it. And the first thing he said was, why don't we have somebody in the beginning of the video, you know, with the gun to his head and, you know, afterwards, of course it jams. And when he said that, I kind of broke down because I'm like, I, I knew that that was coming from God because there's, I mean, nobody knew that about me and not saying that it's necessarily me, um, you know, but nobody knew my story. And so for them to even bring up that idea was just, I, I knew that this song was for sure a hundred percent going to be great. Um, knowing that that story would, of me was going to come out. Wow. And, and now did you write the song about your story or was it something else that inspired it? Um, so everything I write, um, is really personal. Um, I don't think I've ever written anything as far as it just, there's random thoughts that come to my head. Um, it's usually stuff that I've experienced or that I've gone through. Um, so I'll, I'll, it'll, an idea will come to my head and then I'll just go off of it. Um, so like for ready to fly, the first thing that, uh, popped into my head was that beginning part where I say I'm falling to pieces, trying to live my life. And, you know, for me, I've always known God. I always knew there was a God. I believed in God. I just never walked that right path. And so in that song, I say, you know, that I'm falling, I'm trying to live my life right. And, you know, so of course at the chorus is when, you know, it says I'm tired of falling into the darkness. I want to be in the light um, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, everything that I usually write is, is definitely based off an experience that I've gone through. Cool. So at what point, I mean, I'm sure after the gun jammed and everything and you, and you're going through life the next couple of weeks after that, and you're probably still feeling pretty much the same though, aren't you? Or, or did you feel different? You know, I think my, my thoughts on life, you know, they always say like your life flashes before you. And in that moment, you know, afterwards it was like, okay, there's a reason that this happened. There's a reason that I didn't, you know, commit suicide. There's a reason for this. And again, I knew, I knew God. So at that time it was like, okay, like God had to have stopped this. 
but also even after that happened, going through all these things, still going to school and acting like, you know, everything was fine. Um, you know, in those moments, um, I used to cut my wrists and stuff. So in those moments I was still doing things to kind of ease the pain. Um, and that was something that at that time I felt was helping me. And, you know, of course I was still hurting. I was still going through those things, but again, in that, in that time of me knowing God, it was like, okay, I have to do something about this because I shouldn't have done this. There's an obvious reason for that. So uh, at what point in your life did you, uh, look back and go, wow, uh, I'm glad that didn't work out like that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel like I look back at that almost every single day. Um, and the reason is because, again, even after that, um, there was something that happened. And I, I believe Lou knows this story. Um, I was in Kerrville with a friend of ours. His name was Dennis. And um, it was like 2 in the morning. I was going through this depression. Um, with me, depression comes just at random times. Um you know, I was in the military. So even with PTSD and stuff, these things just come into my mind and it's like, I have to do what I can to overcome those. Um, but at that time I was, I was in the car and I was with a friend of mine and, um, he was like, Hey, let's just take off. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, let's just, let's just go. Like, let's gun it. And I'm like, all right, cool. And little did he know that I was just ready to take my life at that night. And he knew nothing about it. Had him in the car with me. And we just took off. I was doing 120 on this highway and uh, there was a small curve and it just so happened to be raining enough to where, you know, how the, once the, the oils get wet on the road, you just know, it, it's slick starts, enough. It to, yeah, exactly. And I took this real small turn car spun out. And at that moment, I just remember realizing like, holy crap, this is how it's going to end. I'm, this is how I'm going <laughs> to go. And I'm like, this isn't what I wanted. Right. Um, I mean, I got a friend of mine who I consider a brother. And again, at that time, those suicidal thoughts that make you selfish, you know, so you don't, you don't care about anything else but yourself. And, you know, it was, it was those little key moments that, that really come back to me every day. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not there because now I have my wife, my kids, my church, um, you know, everybody that surrounds me now helps me get to these things day by day. Your band? Yes, the band. The band. Yeah, the band. <laughs> hey. yeah them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those guys too. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, uh, of course. I mean, you know, my, what's, my what's your name? <laughs> Are you new? <laughs> No, the brothers help me out every single day, man. You know, we, we all talk about things that go on in our lives and, you know, things that we're going through. Well, we have no, no fear of asking, Hey bro, I need prayer. Even if it's a silent prayer, like, Hey, I don't want to talk about it, but I just need some prayer, you know? So yeah, I, I got everybody who's, who's definitely here for me now. Well, yeah. band is really a band of brothers, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a different kind of uh, relationship than just your buddies. Right. It's yeah. more family, I would expect, because uh, you do have your creative struggles, 
I guess right. that's a nice way of putting it, <laughs> right? I, yeah. I would I would absolutely be that way. I'm that way with sometimes with this show and Aaron, you know? I'm like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we have those moments. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Jermaine, um, tell us a little about your story. Well, uh, so my story with uh, depression and suicide, it goes back kind of like with Ryan, uh, back to probably high school, uh, late teenage years. Um, I used to be the kid that wore a smile and had the magnetic personality, but behind that smile was so much anguish and just self-hatred. Um, I used to cut myself and stuff. As a matter of fact, a uh, cool story about one of my tattoos I have. Uh, I'll get to that tattoo story in a second, but um Unfortunately, I wish I could say that it was like one time I attempted suicide, but uh, I think I attempted two, maybe three times. Um, one time I tried to hang myself from a tree, which was oh, wow. crazy. And ironically enough, the branch broke. Wow. And so, wow. so that one failed. Uh, the one time I tried to swallow a bunch of pills and then I threw up all the pills Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, something saying not today. Yeah, right. Something's definitely saying not today. And one of the last times, uh, I really didn't like try to like. I just cut my wrist, and I cut the word love in my uh, my arm, and then like sliced through the word numerous times and stuff like that. So on my arm, I'll show you guys. Uh, there's the word uh, ahavaha. In, in Hebrew, that means love. So over the marks of where I wanted, I longed and craved for love or this type of fulfillment, because I didn't grow up with my dad. Uh, I grew up in a fatherless home, um, single mom, three boys. Uh, I was the oldest. Um, so over that tattoo, uh, over where I wrote the road, cut the word love in my arm, I put, the love of God, because in that last moment of me cutting myself like that is when I experienced the love of God. I didn't give my, I didn't get saved in a church or anything like that. When I got saved, I got saved in my apartment room in college. So I, I didn't know where to go, what to do. All I, all I could say was help me God. And after cutting love in my arm, you know? So, uh, and he did, he came and he showed me love that I've never experienced before and a comfort in that moment that I never experienced before. And, uh, so that's where I, I put that. So I've always had, uh, what's crazy is, you know, despite those times and those moments in my life of trying to commit suicide or run, or going through random spurts of depression and all, uh, it's so crazy how God still used me to help other people out in their depression or suicidal thoughts to overcome those things. And um, even before I became a Christian and all, uh, just simply being there for people. Um, for me, I wouldn't say that I necessarily go through depression anymore, but there are times where I kind of feel depressed. Um, and when I feel those feelings of depression, uh, what I've been dealing with just to be really vulnerable in the season that I'm in right now, uh, it's crazy because like things are actually like moving finally for us musically. Things are moving for us. Uh, even with my business, 
uh, allow me to make an income while I'm still trying to fulfill my dream. There are some times where I get depressed because I feel discontent in my season of where I'm at. And it causes me to get depressed and I go through these little weird moods and all, but I have to always remember and reassure myself of who I am in Christ. Um, because it was the lack of identity that kept me in depression because I did not know who I was. I, I can go on and on about stories and names that I was called. I, I grew up being bullied, uh, and all kinds of things. There people belittling me constantly and everything and all that triggering depression in me. Uh, so now that I understand and have a firm foundation in my identity in Christ, it gives me, I use that as fuel to when I feel those depressed things, you know, Hey, I am enough. I am worthy. I may not be in the season I want to be in right now. And things may not be where I think they should be right now. But God has a plan. I need to trust the process. I need to find joy in this moment, in this season. Find joy. You are joy. You are love. You are You are enough. You are worthy. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Stay the course. Stay the course. And it gets me out of my depression because I have to affirm myself. Um, so I... Uh, so I, I've become a, a bit of an advocate against, uh, as we talked about on the last uh, podcast with the band, you know, some of the music we want to write is relevant music to, uh, uh, so that help people that are going through suicidal thoughts or depression or people who are dealing with anxiety or people who uh, are dealing with sadness or any type of emotion, because we are human beings. Uh, whether we live for Christ or not, we, we have to choose those fruits of the spirit in order to walk in the fruits of the spirit, to bear those fruits. So when we don't choose those things, we have those other negative uh, uh, connotating words uh, dragging us down and all. So writing music to really help people is the goal right now. Well, that's and let people know that they're not alone. Well, that's great. Yeah. And you know, you know that's uh I'm going to come back and talk more about that after we talk to young Lou, but um, that's one of the things is uh, we're not alone. You, and, and, you know, people with depression and everything, you, you feel like you're alone. You're the only one dealing with this. Yep. And uh, little do you know that like everybody's dealing with it and at some level. Um, do you want to, do you want to talk to young Lou after the break? Yeah, we're going to take a break and then we'll come right back with a uh, young Lou story. And so sorry to put uh, you on hold young Lou, but that's okay. The next one's all you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here's some, uh, uh, skillet on rock salt these cats experience. It's Aaron's first time. Yeah. <laughs> this is Ralph from reborn and you're listening to a rock salt music cast experience. With Aaron and Dave. Rock Salt Musecast experience with Aaron and Dave. And uh, on the line, of course, we got Young Lou, Ryan Garza from Reborn, and Jermaine, I don't know your last Nixon. name. Nixon. Jermaine Nixon from Tricord yeah. out there in, uh, I almost did it again, out there in Atlanta. You're just from Atlanta, okay, Jermaine? <laughs> oh, okay. That's where he wants to live anyways, probably. You're in Atlanta. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, the first break, we heard stories from uh, Ryan and Jermaine. Right. And uh, young Lou, you're, you're up. Up yes, to sir. bat, man. What's your story? Let's go. Not <laughs> but so, you got to um, wrap your story, okay? I see. <laughs> One time, not bad. Oh, so, man. Uh, no, nah, my story, um, like, I guess my upbringing, um, to make it as quick as I could, um, my fa- I was raising a fatherless home as well. Um, the dad, the person who I thought was my father was not my father. He was my brother's father. My, uh, my, uh, technically my stepbrother, but I was raised with him. No thinking he was my brother. Um, I found out when I was 13 that he wasn't my dad. He left my mom when I was like seven. So I had a dad for maybe five years and it was really my stepdad, to be honest. Um, that was one of the big factors on, on me, uh, not having an identity, being depressed because I didn't know, I didn't know where I like I come from, like my identity. Um, of course, the 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 traumatic stress that comes with losing a father, losing someone you love at such a young age. Um, in school, I was, I mean, uh, like the, the typical depressed kid, right? I was bullied, made fun of, didn't have a lot of friends, didn't have the freshest clothes, didn't have the new shoes. Um, and uh, that was pretty much like how it went up until about maybe like freshman, sophomore year. Um, and then uh, I started dabbling in music and all of a sudden everyone wants to be my friend. But for a long time, like nobody was like, I think my only circle was me, Ryan, and, like three other guys. Um, it, it was just, it, that was like my every day, constantly looking for a way out every day, trying to um, uh, make it out of the situation that we're in. And I like how you said that there's depression on different levels because Ryan um, had his own issues with depression. Like Ryan had both of his parents, but he was still depressed. I was depressed because I only had one parent. Uh, people have different depression levels on why they're depressed. Um, and I think, like, how do I put this? Um, the reason people need to bring awareness to depression and people need to, uh, more people need to speak on it is because you can have a million dollars, still be depressed because no one really loves because they just love you for your money. You can have no money and, pe- and still be depressed. Because, you know what I'm saying? Right. There's different levels of depression. So it's really crucial that we always talk, bring awareness to depression and talk about depression. And that's why I was so excited to do this interview because depression is everywhere. You don't have to have it all together. That doesn't mean you're not going to be depressed. And like how Ryan said, it comes in waves. There's nights, there's days where I'll literally be at a show and having fun and out of nowhere, I'm just depressed. Like, why am I depressed? I'm in line to, I'm in line to get nachos. Why am I depressed? Like, <laughs> Cause they might run out of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to like tell the whole story or nothing. But basically, yeah. like everybody deals with depression, and I think we need to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I I want to say again, I'm certainly no professional in depression or psychology yeah. or or suicide. I I just wanted to talk to everybody and get their stories and and uh, share you know my story as well. Uh, but um, so yeah, I just want somebody to you know if you need to relate, you got three or four different stories right here that are completely different with all the same outcome right Um, and now a big part of it well i'm gonna back up um i i should have i should have found this quote but uh dennis leary this was one of the things that that kind of made me feel better dennis leary had a thing in his uh stand-up act and this is like way back early 90s you know when everybody was doing the depressed thing when it was chic to be depressed um when it was pain what's that when it was pain. yeah and, uh, 
and you know he he was commenting on you know all the the grunge scene and all that and everybody being depressed and he goes let me tell you something um your life is not just roses every day it's the little things it's yeah. it's the five minute cigarette that makes you feel better or you know whatever the little thing is the music or it, it's it's not 100 percent pedal to the metal happiness every day for everybody yeah it's the little moments of happiness it's like ferris bueller says you know if you don't slow down once in a while you're gonna miss it yes yeah so um good. my story uh and like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna tell it with a, a bit of humor uh it, it's kind of dark uh it's just the stupid stuff that goes on in my head but i had uh Back in, in the 2008 to 2010 time when uh, we were in the recession and everybody was losing their homes and everything, I was homeless. Uh, I lost my place, got the family. We were living on a couch at somebody else's house. And um, I, I got a job that would take me out to uh, Colorado, which I'd never been to Colorado before. But uh, I was like, let's go. Well, I got out there. I had no friends. I had no support system. Uh, times were getting tough with the marriage. Uh, the work was overwhelming. And uh, I, I, I had this plan because I, I finally had gotten to the point where I went, this is as good as it gets. It doesn't get any better than this, and this isn't that great. It's just as good as it gets. And uh, I had this plan that I was going to, I was going to pull my car into the garage of the place that I worked that nobody checked. You know, nobody checked this garage. I was just going to let it run because I, I went, you know what? I'm going to leave the owner a big fat mess to clean up. <laughs> and that's oh, the man. that's my dark well. humor in it. That was my dark humor <laughs> in it. Okay. I, I'm, I don't want anybody to think negatively or anything like that. But that was uh, – but my thing was um, I always said to myself – um, well, I want to see what's on the next page. So not today, maybe tomorrow. And then tomorrow I'll come and I go, well, I want to see what's going to happen tomorrow. So I'll put this off for another couple of days. And I just kept going that way. And, wow. and it finally got, you know, it got better and better. And certain opportunities came, came up to put me in cities that I wanted to be in. I met a lot of great people that uh, they had no idea what I was going through, but uh, they they helped me through it because they were just there. Yeah, you know, I didn't tell them the story or anything like that, but they were just there, and uh, and then I I started realizing that if if I want my happiness, well, then I better get out and make it myself because yeah. nobody's going to give it to me, and uh, that's why I'm doing this because this was something I always wanted to do and. We pulled it together. So, yeah, and, and music, uh, music really is, and that's why I wanted to do it with the music and everything. The music really is um, a way for anybody to relate. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, a, there's a ton of songs that we've, we put together for the show today, and they all say a little bit of a different message. And our hopes were that, well, maybe if that did, song didn't speak to you, this song will. That was my thing. I, I'd cruise in the car and I'd just turn up the music and, and you know, that would make me, uh, I could at least 
know that someone else felt the same way I did. Yeah, music, music is a big tool, man. It helps a lot of people. And, you know, I, I'm sure I can speak for each one of us. We're glad we're able to, to make that kind of music to be able to help others and show that, you know, we've what we've gone through, we can overcome it, and so can you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, a, go ahead. Quick, I got a, I got a Lincoln Park tattoo, bro. Like, oh, hey, there you go. That's uh, that <laughs> I actually got this today, Chester Pass, but from like what, what were I like ninety nine all the way up until like after high school, bro. Like Lincoln Park was one of the one of the main bands that spoke to me and it would get me through my day because when I was thinking those thoughts. I pop in one of my CDs and it's like on the bus ride home from school. And I'm like, you know what? Like tomorrow will be okay. like, tomorrow will be better. It's, it's going to be a new day. Like don't do it today. Like don't do it tonight. Don't go home and do something stupid. Right. So yeah. um, I, I, mean, I, I agree. Music does uh, help. Because and and we've got Lincoln park in the lineup today. We're doing crawling yeah. today. Crawling. Yeah. Um, oh man. Dope. Yeah. So dope. So we hey, young Lou, Lincoln Park was a huge influence for me as well. Really? Uh, yeah. Especially when it comes to writing music and everything, because yeah. they helped me through a lot of that depression and a lot of the hurt that I felt and stuff like that. Uh, when I was in band, one of the uh, cool saying, I don't know who uh, quoted, uh, quoted the statement, but it said, where words fleet, music speaks. And it's always... Oh, yeah. Me, so music's always that thing that you want to say that when you can't find the words, there's always a song or yeah. a composition that says exactly what you wanted to say and stuff. Yeah. So, oh man. That's so cool. Well, and you know, Chester really, I mean, I don't want to get into Chester's death, but, uh, Chester really felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you listen to the songs, you know, it's not, Lincoln Park is not all about, uh, uh, you know, like 80s hair bands walking down the Sunset Strip and picking up yeah. on girls. That's not what they sing about. Um, if you really, and like the the album that I really liked and listened to in, in my depressing times was Minutes to Midnight. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it's such a great album. And yeah, if you're in that headspace, uh, that album will speak to you. Yeah. Yep. I think as going through trying to pick, pick songs for uh, this playlist, um, I noticed some of the songs we uh, had picked about suicide and, and depression were the number one song of the group because wow. people are dealing with it. I, I think that's what draws kids to NF a little bit that yeah he didn't have yeah, you know he's got that song and we're gonna play it on playlist just like you just like you I, I want to say this real quick a, a lot of uh, since we're all obviously Christians right? a yeah. lot of people didn't understand NF when he came out and and yeah. although now he doesn't really talk about God as much but like when he first came out when he was talking about God like in every song um a lot of Christians didn't understand how can you be depressed you're a Christian you're a Christian but like that stuff, if you've never really dealt with it, I guess you can never understand. Like, that stuff is, like Ryan said, it comes in waves. Like, some days are good, some yep. days are not. Even when you're saved, there's still something you're, God's still working on you even after you're saved. So, um, I'm so glad that NF made that type of music because there was a lot of people that didn't have a, a, a song to go to that were saved that felt like they couldn't, you know what I mean? Right. So, and Evan, yeah, shout out to NF, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, <laughs> that's uh, the perfect way to put it, young Blue. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And the the song, just like you, this it, it talks about. There's there's people that are hurting that are that don't have it all together, just like you. There's right. millions, yeah. and and again, you know, I grew up with a, a mom and a dad, and never really felt um, 
depressed at all. Um, but it really hit me that it's a real thing when we had a, a, a guy that in our in Northern California area that um, went to high schools, you know, actually all over uh, the country uh, talking to young kids about being positive and then would invite them to a, a media night. And they did they did feats of strength and weight. Uh, weightlifting and everything, and, and would talk to kids and, and probably have led thousands of kids to Jesus Christ and wow. help kids get over their own depression and come to find out he was dealing with depression and he was, you know, pills and stuff like that. And I remember waking up a Sunday morning and my wife goes, guess who just committed suicide? Wow. And I just, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. That that had happened, but at you know the story came out that he was dealing with depression, and it finally wow. got to him. And because basically he grew up in a household where the where he was a, a football star, but he was never good enough for his dad. He was never good wow. enough, and it just fought him through through all you know the ages that he was never good enough, and it 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 it, um, it finally took him. But I, I, I really n never thought that Christians or leaders or pastors or whatever, you know, would deal with depression because of, uh, if you follow God's word, you won't deal with it. But that's not the case. You know, yeah, we're all human. That's right. And, and, and just, to, you know, as I tell people, I, as the Bible says, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. And yeah. one of you mentioned how, how we, we, when we get depressed, we feel isolated and that's why I always tell parents and everybody, get your kids involved with youth groups or whatever. Get them involved with friends. Because, you know, if you have friends, you, you have a meaning in life most of the time. That was, uh, yeah. that was you know, I, I dealt with a, uh, I'm going to call it depression. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm clinically depressed because I haven't been diagnosed or anything like that. But at a period where uh, my wife and I split up, and uh, I was living out here in California. She's in Colorado. Uh, the plan was for her to move out here. It didn't happen that way. Uh, we had split up, and I, I I just went off the deep end. And I was living in a place, I was living in a, uh, a city where I didn't know anybody or anything like that, so it was just me, and I'm making a 75-mile trek out here to Sacramento so I can see my friends and family to be around people. But one of the... Um, one of the things that kind of called out to me was church. I, I wasn't going to church. I was usually working on Sundays and, um, uh, I was, but I wasn't involved or anything like that. So I started visiting churches and seeing what's out there. And, and it was just, I, I think for, for some, maybe that's not the answer for you. You know, going to church maybe is not the answer for you, but, uh, what I'm getting at is there's got to be something that makes you feel better that will yeah. help you. And whatever that is, if it's going to a rock festival, then that's what it is. If it's going to church, that's what it is. Um, whatever it is, get, just find some people that'll talk and, you know, give you the support you need because they're out there and, and we all feel it. We all been through it. I don't honestly, I don't think that there's a person alive that hasn't dealt with some form of depression at some point and questions question themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think uh, just real quick, a lot of times 
I've done some studies and a lot of research on depression. Uh, when I went off to college, I was doing a, a major in music education and psychology. And one of the cool things that I learned about uh, depression, what's cool is growing, uh, when I got saved and started going to church and learning like ministry and stuff, seeing the outlook of both the mental aspect of depression and the spiritual aspect of what's going on. And it's, it's so cool how like even in the spiritual and the mental uh, platform, how they're, they're pretty similar in what's going on, you know, as a believer, we understand that it's a demonic attack because the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but of spirits and principalities and all. And so uh, it the same thing that's kind of going on in your mind with people who deal with anxiety and depression, it's pretty similar uh, in the same aspect. Uh, for me, I don't understand anxiety. My wife, she deals with severe anxiety. Um you won't believe, uh, believe it just because of how confident she acts, but she she has such terrible anxiety, and that's been a huge battle of ours in our marriage. Just as when I slip into those random depressed thoughts, like she doesn't really deal with depression, so she can't really say that she grasps what's going on. But what's going on in both of our minds is pretty similar, just in a different uh, kind of way. Um, we're both under a spiritual attack, obviously, at that time. But there's just like some kind of chemical imbalances that are also going on. And so it, in the spiritual aspect, it's kind of like saying something fuzzy is going on. But in the mental aspect, it's also saying something fuzzy is going on. It hit your mind and all. And what's crazy is I think that um, women, they say more words than us and they talk more than we do. And a lot of issues, uh, suicide is highest with men. And the reason why I think that is highest with man is because we're not taught as man to express our emotions or to talk about our emotions and stuff like that. And that's what I think really kills us a lot of times. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you, find a confidant, find somebody you can talk to, find somebody who can relate, even if they can't relate, just so you can vent and get those emotions off. Somebody, uh, because we're taught to just suck it up and be a man. Right. God created us with emotions. God created us to be able to express. Uh, and let's go biblical. You talk about David. David knew how to express his emotions. Never read it all. <laughs> yeah. Talk hardcore, man. Like, he goes through all kinds of bats. Like, he goes through depression. He talks about, I wish I could just die right now. He goes through anger and he's like, I'm about to go and kill a lot of them. Like, yeah. He goes through. Things, but he expresses his emotions to God. And you know what's cool about it? Like, we think that if we feel some type of way that it's not okay to talk about it with, no, 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 no. You got to remember, Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. Come on. Jesus expressed emotions too. When he, uh, oh, <laughs> I was about to say pissed off. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> well, well, you said it. You, you said know. it. It's out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> pissed off. Jesus used to tell people about themselves. He flipped tables. He went. And he. There was times where Jesus also had to retreat the rest so that he could talk to the Father and just and just be restored. There were times where 
he put people in check because he had to tell them off and be real. Jesus was a G, bro. Like <laughs> we were just talking to, uh, hey, we were just talking to, uh, I forgot his name from Three Days Under. Uh, um, Patrick, Patrick from three days under. And, uh, we were talking about the same thing and he, he said, uh, he was talking about Jesus and, uh, Simon. Oh yeah. 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 And, um, uh, how he, he was telling him, what did he say to him? Uh, uh, I will never, uh, forsake you whatever. And, And he said, Maybe that's a different story, but no, no, no. It was the one where he said, uh, uh, you know, for that time, you couldn't have been cussed out by anybody worse than what Jesus had said to. Oh, when he he said, I, I will, I will never forget you, Jesus. And he goes, he goes, you will, you know, deny me three times before midnight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I've brought that up a couple of times myself, which is, uh, uh, well, you know, the funny one that's going around right now is, and I think you mentioned this last week, Aaron is, you know, uh, w- what would Jesus do? He would take the vaccine and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I feel it on my heart to say this, I guess, uh, as along the lines of what, uh, uh, what we're talking about. So a lot of times, like, like because we're men, we are, it, it is instilled and drilled into us that we can't talk about our emotions. You should be a man. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be crying. Like that's not, um, at some point that becomes a form of pride that you can't it talk does. about. You know, and, and pride is a sin. Yep. So we need to know Jesus so we can know better than that. But a lot of people don't get saved. So let's just talk about like in general, right? Um, if you do deal with that and you deal with depression, like we'll figure it out. We'll see what we can do. But like, Make sure when you have kids, do not pass it on to your kids. Yeah. I, I know a lot. Of, I I know a lot of people who um um they they are depressed right now. I apologize. They are depressed right now. <laughs> He's got another interview, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but like they're depressed. We have me and Ryan have a friend. He's always depressed, and now that he has kids who are like five and six. He he he's hard on them, and he tells them certain things. I'm like, dude, that's that's what your dad used to tell you, and you know that's you always talk to us about how your dad, um, you're depressed because of what your dad spoke into your life, and you grew up thinking you weren't this. Why are you passing it to these kids? Oh, well, I had to go through it. That's just life, bro. And I think we need to get wow. out of that mindset that passing on that depression is not healthy. If you, we can really put it into it. Yeah, as simple as that if we just reverse and speak positivity into our kids life like when my yeah, dad yeah. tell me you're not a man because you can't catch a ball well my son doesn't catch a ball hey it's okay try again tomorrow not oh you yep. can't catch a ball you're you're a little girl like you know what i mean yeah that's good yeah good. as simple as that so that's one way to fight it for sure i know for a fact hey let's let's take a break here okay we'll come back and talk about more ways just to overcome depression and what you guys are saying is really good and so uh we'll be right back on the rock salt muse cats experience what's up everyone this is ryan from reborn and you're listening to the rock salt muse cats experience with aaron and dave rock salt day peril aaron's out hey aaron where can people contact us on our email at rocksaltradio at gmail.com. Rocksaltradio at gmail.com. Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave and uh, our spe- very special Rock Salt episode. It's, it's our suicide show. 
Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, Aaron, do you got that uh, info on the suicide prevention line and all that? Yes. If you just dial 988, it will take you to uh, uh, the National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline. And I would assume that if you need somebody to talk to, they're there. Yes. Also, uh, uh, there's uh, Celebrate Recovery, which is a faith-based group we'll talk about in another segment. But, okay. Uh, CelebrateRecovery.com. You can go there and get fun information how to get help through them. And, and then there's uh, the right, organization that yeah, we're going to have on. Yes, yeah, Write Love on Her Arms. Okay. And uh, you can just Google that up, and that'll take you to their website. There too. are people out there to talk. Yes. And and so. Because that's a big thing. When I was going through all my depressed times, man, if there was just somebody I could talk to. And I, uh, I kind of distanced myself from my friends when I was doing that because I felt like I was talking about the same thing over and over and over. And it was kind of like poor pitiful me. Uh, nobody wants to hear this anymore. I'm going to lose my friends because I keep talking about this and I can't move on. But uh, I didn't lose any of my friends. They just didn't understand why I was distancing myself from them. And I finally had to tell one of them why, because he was like, I, I guess we're not friends anymore. And I'm like, you don't understand. Um, this is all that's going on in my head right now. And I'm feeling like I'm the killjoy and nobody wants to listen to me go on about, you know, all my problems. And he's like, Dude, let's just go out and have some fun, <laughs> you know, but that's what I needed. We got out and we just did stuff and it took my mind off of things. And I kind of, I, I moved on a little. Yeah. You know, at the end of the last break, we were talking about, you know, the, as, as men, we teach our sons, you know, Hey, get up, be, you know, tough. be tough and be all tough. that. And that's the one thing I like about, you know, my wife with my boys, uh, she's much more caring, uh, about those things than I am. And she's really taught me a lot about making sure they're okay. And it, and teaching them it's okay to fail, but you got to get up. Don't play a victim. Yeah. Got to get up yeah. and, and move on. But it, 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 it's okay to cry and care. I remember my son's last high school football game, they lost and he comes off the field and, uh, he's, he's, crying you know because this is it this is you're not going to play in college he, he had a great time with all his friends and i'm like why are you crying and my wife walks over and just hugs him and i walk over and i learned something right there that um you know that's probably something i should have said and i need, need a little more uh caring with that so i walked over and gave him a hug too and tell him it's okay and uh um, you know move on and i know i know ryan you have a little boy Who's yes, three or whatever? Yeah, and I'm he, sure. He, I'm sure there's a. Know, Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Um, you know, you're talking about that, and that's something that happened the other day. Uh, he he has this little ball, right, and he he throws it into this net, and he's like, "Dad, I can't, I can't," and I'm like, "Yes, you can. Keep on doing it." And finally, he. He got it through there. And he's like, "Dad, Dad, I did it." I'm like, "Yeah, you just got to keep trying. You know, keep, keep doing going. It. Keep yep. doing it." That's super cool. What's and that? I have a three-year-old. Well, he just turned four actually last month. Uh, and it's sometimes I kind of, even though I didn't grow up with a dad, I have to always kind of make sure myself that things that were said to me, my mom was tough for her to be a woman. She was a tough woman. <laughs> so I have to make sure that a lot of times that I'm just not like, my mom didn't express emotions and stuff like that. She was very hardcore. And so 
with my son, I when he's crying about something, I'm like, oh, why are you crying? And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, like, hey, baby, come here. Come here, baby. <laughs> what's wrong? Tell daddy what's wrong. Okay, it's, it's going to be okay. Okay, so let's figure out how to fix it. Let's figure out how to do yeah. better, okay? And I, I got it because sometimes I, my wife, she, I'm the assertive one in our family. So I'm like, God, why are you always got to let me be the jerk woman? <laughs> I'm always the bad guy, man. <laughs> I hate it, man. Yeah, it's that wait till daddy gets home thing. Uh, <laughs> hey, come on. Why do you got to do that? Can we, can we do some dark humor real quick? I got you right now. All right. My mom used to be like, like, oh, yeah, wait till your daddy gets home, is it? But thank God he never came home. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's bad and funny at the same time. Ryan, am I lying? Hey, we're just telling jokes. It's all good. That's a good way to see the positivity. I, guess. I, I, yeah. I Well, I truly did. Uh, I didn't want today's show to just be, you know, all depressed and everything. I, yeah. wanted, I wanted some humor in there. So that's good. I, I, good one, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and my my, di- my thanks dad for, thanks for speaking up yeah. <laughs> and my dad did come home and uh you know it wasn't oh. good it was you know you know what uh this was a very vivid memory for me and i'm gonna say i was about five or six years old uh i my dad i, I grew up my dad wasn't around but uh we were still a military family so i had all the military benefits and stuff like that so uh, we went to the officers club and uh, it was, you know, kind of a fine dining thing, uh, not high end, but you know, nicer. And, uh, there was me and my two brothers and my mom. And I apparently was acting up somehow at the table. And my, my oldest brother, uh, he leaned down and he went, you want me to take you outside? And I went, no. And he goes, then knock it off. And I, and that was all I needed. <laughs> that was all I needed. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll stop. Because <laughs> I do not want to go outside. Because outside's yep. much worse. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you need that kind of structure. I mean, I I needed it sometimes when I was depressed. I needed somebody to kick me in the butt. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just you just need it. Yeah, but sure. one of the other things that uh, I'm, I've got a million random thoughts right now. One of the other things from the last break that kind of popped into my head, which is, you know, uh, um, not to be cliche about it, but you know that uh, that saying uh, about the footsteps, you know, where you're walking on the beach and there's two rows of footsteps and then there's one oh, yeah. and you're like, what happened? And that's where I carried you. Um, you know, really it's a learning experience if, at least it was for me all that stuff was a learning experience of how to deal with things and how to you know prune out the stuff in my life that i didn't really need that was maybe maybe you know i needed it at a time but maybe it was dragging me down now so you yeah. gotta prune that stuff out and move on and grow and and uh yeah it was a learning experience for me and and that's the thing i wanted to see what's on the other page the next page and that's what's brought me to where i am because just like if the if the gun hadn't jammed that day ryan uh right. we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation yeah and uh, life's better right 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> you got the family yeah, and the kids and all that. And and I would assume the same for both of you, right, uh, Lou and, and Jermaine? Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely. There is yeah. light at the end of the tunnel is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you got to go through the dark time to really appreciate that light. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I want to put each of you on the spot right now. Uh, just, you know, just real quick um, as we kind of wrap uh, this uh, discussion up. Uh, young Lou, I'll start with you. What's some things you would tell people that they were going through depression and, and how to overcome it or and how to get through it? How, what would you tell them if, so, you know? Yeah, so first is you need to talk about it. Um and like you said, you, you can talk talk to all your friends and sometimes you feel like um, they don't want to listen. Sometimes they don't want to listen. Sometimes they're busy. They don't got time for a whole story. And that's when you feel even like you can't talk to people. But um, again, like find a hotline, find a, a church, find a friend, find somebody who's who's outside of your circle that you can speak to. Um, but step one is to talk about it because if you bottle it up inside, I mean, it's a lose-lose. You're not going to... Um, you're not gonna be, you, you need to get that out of your system. Talk about it. It's okay to cry about it. Um, but at the same time, don't don't throw a pity party and just soak in your depression. Get up, walk around the street real quick, walk around the block, get some air. Um, try to figure out a, a solution because if you just soak in your depression, you're never going to get out of it. So um, I, I think it's really important to, yeah, one, talk to somebody. Two, don't, don't throw yourself a pity party. And then um, three, well, something that worked for me, is um I would get depressed because I was just at home. I, I wasn't working. I wasn't being productive. I felt like I was a, like a scrub, even though I really wasn't. Like I had money in my pocket. I was doing all these amazing shows and events. A lot of people were, uh, uh, knew who I was. I was getting popularity in the city, but it was um I still felt like I wasn't good enough. And I went and got me a job. Like, got my mind out of it. Stepped out of the house for a little bit. And um there's little things like that that I think get skipped over. Like talk to people. Um, Try to stay productive. Try to uh, don't stay at home all day and don't soak in the depression. Like actively try to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great. Hey, Jermaine, uh, you're up on this. Uh, exactly. Ditto to Young Lou. Um, definitely, always, 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 always talk about it. Do not hold it in. Don't try to uh, don't, don't let it fester on you like a sore or whatever. Like. You know, let it heal over. Uh, you want to definitely connect yourself with people. Um, for me, before really digging into a deep relationship with Christ, things that would help me would were uh, go for a run, express my emotions. It's okay to cry. Um, let it out. Don't hold it in. Yeah. Um, you want to definitely... Uh, Surround yourself with people who can help or people you can trust. If you don't feel like you can trust somebody, then you better learn to trust Jesus. <laughs> right. Amen. Because um, I mean, I mean, that's the truth. Like I said in, in my testimony, I wasn't, I wasn't even going to church when I gave my life to Christ. It was in my apartment room. I didn't know who else to talk to or what else to talk to about. I just said, God help me. And and I just released what I was feeling at that moment. And it felt, I felt such a peace and a calm come over me that I never felt before. And um, so, yeah, find a church, uh, connect with people, stay, never be by yourself. Um, 
even if you're kind of a loner type, it's, it's important to get out every now and then, uh, try to socialize, try to, there you go, you know, like do, do stuff like that. Okay. And, uh, Ryan, how about you? Man, I, I really think everybody hit it on the nail. Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, but I think something that helped me obviously is writing, um, you know, if it, it could be poetry, it could just be writing in a, a journal or a book, you know, um, even writing music like what, what we all do. You know, um, as we stated earlier, I think music is something that's very powerful that helps a lot of people through these kind of things. Um, so tell your story. You know, th- there's somebody out there who, who may have it worse, you know, and I'm not saying that people's struggles aren't bad, um, you know, but. I, I see it as there's always somebody else who, who could have it worse than I do, you know? So, so tell your story because there is somebody or there could be somebody out there who has gone through something similar and may not know, like, man, what do I do next? What can I do? How, how do I get over this? And, you know, you could be that person to save that person's life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that each one of us might've already heard like, Hey, your music has saved my life, you know, or has helped me through a tough time. And that's something that, that actually helped me, you know, music. So, and as everybody said, you know, talk to people because bottling up inside, you know, eventually it gets to that point where you're so crushed. You, you just like, forget it all, you know? So yeah, definitely find somebody to talk to, you know, and if you can't find a physical person, Hey, God will listen. So, you know, just keep He's got in big mind. ears. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's got really big ears. <laughs> I think what we're all, at the end of the day, what we're all saying is find an outlet and try to release that because yeah. um, if you don't, you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, uh, I think a, a big part of it for me was that um, I I'd never really. I don't know. Been alone, lived on my loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always had. Uh, uh, you know, I m- met my wife when uh, we were still teenagers, and so yeah, I never really ventured out on my own and had to fail on my own and and do those things by myself. And uh, that's one of the things that I started doing was uh, I lived near San Francisco, and I I would sit in my room and think, well, I can sit here all night and wallow, or I can jump in the car and head on down to San Francisco and find something to do by, by myself. Yeah. And some of the greatest times I've had are by myself. I mean, I get into trouble and find really cool stuff. And yeah. Um, Look, now you got Aaron. Yeah. And now I got Aaron. <laughs> oh, um, that's a different story for yeah. every day. <laughs> oh, you're making him depressed. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know why Ryan's laughing because when people tell that to Ryan about me, he, he gets all like, oh, I didn't do it. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> if he's the Lou, makes it worse. Oh, man. My bad, bro. What, what I, I, I think. Know, man, I got Lou. What I think I, I'm getting at, though, is uh, it's okay to be by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean that if you're depressed, you should be alone. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, what I what I tell a lot of people when they say they have problems, whatever it is, whatever their problem is, I always ask the same question, which is, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because you can sit here and, and talk about your problem all you want, but if you don't have a solution, 
then then what are you doing? It, right, it's right. wasted words. Yeah. You, you, you gotta. Well, what do you, you want to talk to? Yeah. Yeah. What are you What are you gonna do about it? Well, I'm gonna go talk to you know uh, whoever the church or you know if you're not religious and you don't want to focus on religion to help you through it that's okay whatever's going to get you through i mean if you want to go to the aa meeting or uh you want to see a psychologist or whoever you know you got to get it out there because there are people that that have or can help you find solutions to feeling better yep yeah that's too good yep Yep. hey uh thank you guys for coming on and talking about this uh we're going to take a quick break, and I know you guys got some things going on for 2022 with your bands. We, we want to let our audience know what's going on with that, too, where they can come see a uh, perform or whatever. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back on the Rock Salt Music Cast Experience. Hey, everybody. This is Jenny from the band Saving Jackie, and you're listening to Rock Salt Music Cast Experience with Aaron and Dave. And- Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave. I, I stole it from you, Aaron. Yeah, I know. I, I, he went, <gasps> and I oh, went. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, uh, we just had fun off air. That was fun. Uh, Jermaine, what's going on with Tricord for uh, 2022 as we look into next year? Well, we they're getting a new member to... named Davey. <laughs> yeah, we got our, our cowboy member named Dave. I mean, Cal Bell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I play triangle too. <laughs> he completes the boy band. Yeah. Well, you need um, that fifth member, man. Yeah, we do, man. We're working on it. We're trying to get our fifth, our fifth wheel. Yeah. Uh, well, what's on the agenda for uh, Tricord in 2022? I am trying. Uh, we got a couple of shows already booked, which we're super excited about. A couple of festivals booked. Um, one of the ones that we're probably the most stoked about that's already booked is uh, Rockfest in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, cool. Um, I've gotten to um, connect with some of the artists that are going to be a part of that event. And, man, when I tell you that we're about to light that place up for Jesus, man, it's about to be unreal. We're so excited. Nice. Um we're also writing new music because we're uh, trying to, like I told you on the last interview, we're trying to get ready for our full album, uh, which is going to be titled War, which is an acronym. So we are the resistance, Dave. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that. Yes, coming soon, man. Um, and one of the things we're taking up on y'all's advice, and we're going to try to find somebody. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> Reborn <laughs> Young Lou, we're all going to do a mini tour together. There you Hopefully go. That, See, man. now you get Young Lou in there, and you guys complete the boy band. You got moves, right, Lou? <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the moves. Got the moves like Jagger, as they say, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we uh, want to get a, a couple of like mini tours going on um, with different people, and like I, actually, we are planning after the beginning of the year sometime where uh we're going to do a facebook live concert and we're trying to get a couple of a uh, couple of people to join in that concert with us and um cool. nice young blue and ryan i would love to connect with you guys after this yeah, and, yeah. oh yeah for sure it would be super cool to try to get you guys a part of that facebook live we'll be on facebook and it's going to be on youtube as well 
Um, then we'll just go live and do a concert from home for people. Cool. Uh, cool. Because give, give us a shout out while you do your live thing. Yeah. <laughs> we will, yeah. man. We'll put you in a commercial. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, let me let me MC it from my home. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's me always trying to work the MC angle. That's right. Right. Hey, uh, young Lou, what's going on with you for 2022? So we 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 blah, 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 blah. we dropped the album Reignition. It was my first album for the Kingdom. Um, I, of course, I'm recording and I'm working, but I don't really, I'm not necessarily working on the album. I think I'm going to just start dropping singles for the first quarter of the year. Okay, but um, I'm, I'm honestly in a new season. I'm I'm going into this next year. Um, now after a year of, since I got saved last November, um, 2020. Um. Now this new coming year, like I know, I know who I am in Christ. I know the word. I'm not scared to speak the word because I'm confident in what I'm saying now this time around. I think that first year I was still figuring it out. So I was kind of like tiptoeing, still, still preaching the word of God, but like tiptoeing on, on, I guess the boldness part a year later though, I know who I am and I'm not going to let, and I'm not going to let nobody tell me um, what I can and can't say. As, as long as it's scripture, like I, I'm confident in what I'm saying. I'm bold in the spirit, I guess. And so this time around, I'm, I'm going to start hitting it hard. I'm just going to, now I know who I am and it's time to start preaching the word of God. Any events lined up already at all? Anything? Event, um, not, no, no, no. Tomorrow I'm going to Houston, Texas to um, film the last piece of my music video to the I Got It All remix. And I'm going to be with Lucky Luciano out there. So we're going to... Um, uh, he's a, a Christian rapper in Houston who who he has a, a big platform, so I'm excited for that. We're gonna drop the video probably on New Year's, but as far as shows, no, 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 I don't, I don't got nothing lined up yet. So the videos drop New Year's, okay? Yeah, got something to watch. Cool, you know. And so, uh, hey Ryan, what's going on with Reborn for 2022? Well, uh, so far, album. um, we have not any shows uh for december and we're trying not to really book anything for uh the beginning of next year because we are going to be um getting in the studio and finishing up the album oh that's awesome cool so coming um yeah it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be fun we're we're pretty excited nice Nice. I, I got to tell you last night I was, I was driving home from work and I, I've got uh deeper again, saved on my like songs and I just oh, hit, man. I just hit shuffle, you know? So we had, there's like a couple thousand songs in there, but, but deeper again came on and I was like cranking it up and singing along. I love that song. <laughs> I think that's everybody's favorite, man. And so far, you know, ready to fly was a big one. Um, I think a lot of people have said that reflection not necessarily didn't make the cut, but, uh, it, you know, it just didn't have that, that power to it. Yeah. I like the, I, I told you this before, but I like the, uh, the vocals in the, oh, yeah. in deeper again. Yeah. The, it's that one I think brings back a little bit of classic rock. So I think that's why everybody likes it. Yeah. I like <laughs> it. I like it. All right. So, uh, and uh, you guys are all on the socials. I love to throw this out. You guys are on all on the socials, right? Tricord, yes, Young yeah. Lou, uh, Reborn, uh, yes, like, follow. It all helps. And, yes, it does. And uh, check check it. All you guys are on Spotify, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. like and follow, heart those songs, and Apple Music, um, everything. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right. Well, th- guys, thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. All right. Thank you. It's hey, rock song. Oh, somebody got something? Word of encouragement before uh, I get uh, we get off. Yeah. I just want to tell anybody who's going to be listening to this, you are loved and accepted, and there's mm-hmm. a purpose for your life. You don't have to give up. Find the silver lining. Find something to cling on to, something that you love that's precious that'll help you keep on and keep holding on to your life because your life has value. You were not created by accident. There is a purpose for your life, and you are going to fulfill that purpose someday. So keep pushing and keep holding on. Amen. Nice. Amen. So, all right. Well, thank you guys very much. Thank you, guys. Yep, thank you for coming on. This is the Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Hi, it's Peter from Peter One One Eight from the UK. Um, check out Rock Salt Radio Podcast. Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave. It's a very special Rock Salt, Aaron. It's the Suicide Show, Su- Suicide Prevention Show. Does that sound better? Yeah, it does. I'm making up the name as we go along here. Um, Now, you wanted to talk about Celebrate Recovery. Yes, because they're a faith-based organization, and I I think uh, they'd be able to help some people. I realize not everybody's going to feel comfortable going to a church um, to get help with whatever problem they have, with depression or whatever. Um, And that's why we're bringing on some other organizations. but I wanted to talk about them because we have uh, that organization at our church. It's helped a friend of mine um, get through uh, uh, their addiction. And so, uh, and I sent you some stuff to kind of. Uh, yeah. So let me, know. let me read through this here. No, uh, no secrets. Pulling back the curtain. I'm reading this. Uh, Celebrate Recovery started in 91 at Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California. Uh, John Baker wrote Pastor Rick Warren, the now famous, concise 13-page single-spaced letter outlining the vision God has given John for Celebrate Recovery. After seeing John's letter, Pastor Rick said, great, John, go do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go get it done, man. And that's a huge church. Uh, you know, Rick Warren has been on, uh, he wrote the um, different books and all that, and it's a huge church down in Southern California. So, Okay, I, I wasn't aware of that, but all right. Uh, the first night, 43 people attended, and Celebrate Recovery was born. Over 27,000 people have gone through the program at Saddleback Church, and uh, it's the number one outreach ministry at Saddleback Church, which is interesting, you know, for, you know, a pastor, went, okay, yeah, just go do it. And it's their biggest one now, right? Yeah. I think Rick wrote the, uh, oh, the God uh, wrote the book, uh God's purpose for your life book or whatever it's I forget the title okay and so again though I thought that was pretty amazing that 27,000 people have went through that program um, at the church and so and I bet I bet you know a good portion of that group never attended one service on Sunday but attended the midweek uh, celebrate recovery so there's now 35,000 celebrate recovery churches around the world 
and uh, we're part of a movement that is bringing the healing power of Jesus Christ to the hurting and broken through working Celebrate Recovery's step studies. The journey begins and the journey continues. To date, over 5 million individuals have completed a step study, and Celebrate Recovery is not just growing in churches, but in recovery houses, rescue missions, universities, and prisons around the world. And in August 2004, Celebrate Recovery was announced as California's state-approved substance abuse program for prisons. That's pretty big. Yes. I mean, we got uh, some hardcore prisons out here like San Quentin. Yeah, and I didn't highlight the other area where New Mexico was the first state to to bring it into their prisons. And so, again, it's it's great for Celebrate Recovery. It's great for these people um, finding help. You know, and uh, I, I'm assuming I... You know more about this than I do, Aaron, but I'm assuming that uh, Celebrate Recovery, it sounds like, is um, helps with a lot of uh, substance abuse, addictions, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what my uh, friend went to uh, Celebrate Recovery for. And they, they deal with every addiction, but they also deal with you know people getting out of depression, dealing with suicide thoughts, and they have different groups. Well, and, and one thing I'm amazed about, their different ministries they actually have groups now for, you know, um, kids, for teenagers. I think it's important that we, um, that even teenagers have, deal with these issues. Yeah. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. But um, what I was going to say is a lot of the times uh, depression and suicide are either accompanied by or amplified by substance abuse. I've had uh, my times of playing around and uh, doing some stuff I probably shouldn't have done. And coming coming down from that stuff can be really depressing. And uh, it puts you in a different headspace. And if you can eliminate, well, that one thing, you know, whatever is whatever substance is bringing you down, it's definitely a step in, step in the right direction that uh will put you in a better mindset that's true yeah thanks for agreeing yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i was just making sure i got it right uh rick warren wrote the um the purpose driven life and so it's a huge book a lot of people have um read and so now he's pastor in southern california and um i had no idea they started this ministry in his church and which is awesome now in some of the research that I did over the last week for this show, one of the things that kept popping up, and I'm going to touch on a, a touchy subject for a Christian show, okay? And as I've said over and over uh, through this is uh, we understand that religion might not be your answer because there's no one answer for everybody. At the end of the day, Jesus is always there for you, but... Maybe you need a substance abuse recovery program, or maybe you need to just talk to a friend, or maybe you need to just get out of the house. But, you know, a lot of the, what I was, a lot of what was popping up, and I understand it's because of today's culture, but a lot of what was popping up is uh, a lot of suicides are uh, tied to teens and kids. And uh, some of it is because, uh, well, they're, part of the alphabet community or something like that. And uh, that is a whole topic for a different show. But what I'm getting at is um, at this, at this stage, if 
do whatever is going to make you happy, you know, and uh, forget the people that bully you because uh, they'll be gone tomorrow. You know, they'll be out of your life tomorrow. You'll move on. You'll grow up um, and you'll find that uh, people are a lot more accepting than they as adults than they are as children. Would you agree, Aaron? Yeah, that's true. Um, so be what you want to be. Do what uh, in in reason. I don't. I'm going to say do what you want to do, but I, I yeah. don't mean like you know release the reins and just you know do whatever do, do illegal activity. Yeah, yeah we, but we're not I mean that. Yeah. No, I'm not I saying that at all. But what I am saying is, um, if if I was bullied growing up, now growing up I didn't have thoughts of suicide, but I I had nights of crying at home. You know, I I had bullies living on each end of my street. I couldn't leave my house without dealing with these guys. And then I have to go to school with them as well. So uh, it was pretty tough for me growing up. So I can understand uh, somebody who um, is maybe questioning themselves or their identity or whatever. Uh, they've got that going on in their head. And then on top of it, you got some bully that is uh, taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, I think the the purpose for me with this show was to know that someone's out there for you and someone's going to can help you and also let people know that um, that we need to reach out, that if someone you feel that is alone or doesn't feel valued, that we need to it just could give him a hug or just tell him, Hey, it's good to see you today. Yeah. And you know, one of the big things that I say in this, uh, this relates to depression, but it also relates to just everyday life. Um, there's a point that I realized that if, um, someone was texting me or calling me or something like that, they wanted my attention for something. They, they wanted my attention for some period of time for whatever it was. Um, and once I started realizing that, I started uh, answering all those texts and talking to people on the phone. So what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, you, you see someone call you and maybe you, you're tired of hearing, you know, the same story a hundred times, but that person's going through it and that's what they're focused on. And maybe you listen to it 101 times because they're calling you for a reason. They want your attention. Yeah. So this is a great faith-based uh, ministry out there, CelebrateRecovery.com. You can uh, contact them through their website, uh, Instagram, Facebook. And so um, if you're dealing with some stuff and, uh, you, you know. You need some help getting through it. Yeah. Um, God's out there. These people are, this ministry is out there for you. And again, as Dave says, you, you might feel uncomfortable going to a church and that's why we're going to talk about other options. options. Yeah. Organizations that can help. There's the suicide prevention, uh, lifeline out there by dialing 988. And so again, get some help. Um, uh, I think everybody listening to us, uh, just in the country, know someone who has attempted suicide or, or had a, a friend or a family member or someone they knew that committed suicide. Um, it never has to end that way. And I'm hoping this show and these organizations can help 
where we never have to hear about another suicide again. Yeah, that would be nice. Yep. Well, um, I might uh, tell some stories of uh, some people that I have known that have committed suicide and uh, how it affected others. Uh, if I have time, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, and we'll also talk about, uh, you know, some maybe some tips that I can pass on to, I don't know, help you a little. I, like I say, I'm no professional. And uh, I, I'm just here trying to make jokes and stuff. But at the same time, I, I'm trying to get a message out to even if it's just one person that you're not alone. Everybody goes through this stuff. Everybody goes through it. And, uh, you know, there's a reason they call Facebook fake book because everything is fake there. True. So um, let's get back into music here. We'll talk more. Yeah, we got Skillet coming up if you're listening to MuseCast. If you're just listening to the podcast version, up next is uh, um, To Write Love on Her Arms, um, a great conversation on the Rock Salt MuseCast experience. This is Chris with the band False Star. You're listening to the Rock Salt Music Cast Experience with Dave and Aaron. I hope you enjoy the show. Sweet baby little lambs of God. Rock Salt, I'm Dave Peril. This is Aaron Sound. And we've got new shows every week on demand on Spotify. Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave doing the special suicide prevention show today. And we got a we got a professional on, Aaron. <laughs> I think it's I think it's uh I don't know, a bit crass if I do the applause. Okay. So I'll skip that today. Uh <laughs> but Chad from and I always I always forget this. It's To Write Love on Her Arms. To write love on her arms. Where did that name come from, Chad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before we get to the name, um, just want to start with some gratitude. Thank you all so much for having us on. Thank you for taking the time to talk about something that that can, you know, um, candidly be be quite scary. Something that we feel a lot of us don't have the wherewithal to talk about it. So just honestly having you know the gumption to to talk about it not knowing where the conversation is necessarily going to go that's a great way of modeling what proper mental health care looks like it's just saving the space to talk about things that can be difficult um so my name is chad moses uh i'll start by saying i'm a professional only to the degree that you put a huge asterisk next to that word professional. So uh, I'm not a mental health professional, but I am someone that's worked in the field of mental health now for about 13 years. Um, 13 of the 15 years that To Write Love on Our Arms has existed. So To Write Love on Our Arms, we are a nonprofit organization that exists to present hope and find help for anyone struggling with things like depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. And uh, quite simply, that that amounts to building a better bridge to connect people that are looking for help to ideally local avenues that provide that help. So while we're not the destination, while we're not the counselors or the treatment center, we exist to connect you to places that can give you the help that you uh, perhaps need and you certainly deserve. 
So the name itself, it, it begs a question, what the heck does that mean? So originally to write Love on Our Arms was the name of a story. And that story was about our friend Renee. She's the her in the story. And the story uh, takes place around the, her first five days in recovery from cocaine addiction and finding help with self-injury all through the context of community. Uh, so this was taking place 15 years ago. That's in the heyday of MySpace. And as most stories did uh, back in 2006, it, it wound up on MySpace. And people got curious. They, they stumbled across the story of our friend finding help. Um, and, and they started asking some other brave questions. Like, you know, this sounds a lot like my parents or my best friend or myself. Could hope and help be options for me as well? So on the most foundational level to write love on our arms is a response to your response to a story originally titled to write love on our arms. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, you and Aaron met, I was, uh, probably out in the crowd or something like that, but you and Aaron met at aftershock and, uh, off air, we were talking about you. You've been doing aftershock for like five years now. Yeah, it's five or six. Um, don't, don't hold me to that. But, uh, uh, but we've, we've been out to that Sacramento area, uh, annually, um, as long as there hasn't been a pandemic, uh, for, for a good many right. years now. And right. just, I, I love that city. Wait, are you guys based in Sacramento? Yeah. We're from Sacramento. Uh, have you been, I'm, I'm, I'm already going on tangents and it's I apologize, good. but your listeners need to know this. Um, have you been to uh, tower cafe? Yes. Yes. Tower Cafe downtown. Okay. Yeah. 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 The French toast there is the best in the world as far as I'm concerned. And that's the main reason I will always go back to Aftershock (laughs) is so I can get my my annual French toast. Oh, well, next time you come out this way, uh, hit us up and we'll we'll take you to a couple of other hot spots. Oh, don't you dare threaten me with a good time. Nah. But yeah, so back, <laughs> back, back, back to Aftershock. Yeah, so uh, Aftershock, uh, if, if anybody's listening to the show regularly, you already know Aftershock's a huge rock festival that goes on here. So um, did you guys get a lot of feedback and, and interaction at Aftershock? Did you see that a lot of people were digging what you do and maybe you could help some people? Yeah, totally. So music has always been at the heart of what we do. Um, the way people originally found out about that, that story, that initial story was through some shirts that were made uh, to help offset the medical costs of our friend Renee when she was seeking treatment for, for addictions. And um, those shirts were sold to, to meet a financial need in her life. But those shirts were also worn by people that love music. In fact, the first person to ever wear one of these shirts is a guy named John Foreman, who is the front man of a band called Switchfoot. And uh, the, the guys in Switchfoot have been our family from day one. Oh, and, nice. Um, and that's really how we kind of got our start was those dudes just uh, needing a clean piece of clothing on tour, wearing it as they played their shows and their fans got curious. They Googled the name, they read the story and the rest, you know, is, is very uh, slow creeping history, but, but yeah, I mean, ever since our earliest days, music has been at the heart of what we do. In fact, if you read that original story, the first words in the story are the name of a band. It mentions Pedro the lion are the first three words in the story. And, uh, you know, it's just such a part of our identity because music is a place that a lot of us run to, to make sense of our lives. And, 
um, music, you know, reminds us that there's things in life worth singing about. There's things in life worth screaming about. There's things in life worth dancing about. And, and there's things in life worth sharing with other people. So, so we really use music as and music festivals as a metaphor that, look, if you can feel a sense of connection with strangers at a festival, then perhaps you can feel that same sense of connection consistently and intentionally whenever you go back home. So when we go to festivals like Aftershock, and Aftershock is one of roughly 50 events that we do each year based around music, uh, we often appear as a vendor, just as a place that people can um, can buy a souvenir, you know, buy some, right. some new swag. And Aaron, I'm pretty sure you, you notice it as you're walking around and Dave, you too. Like we kind of stand out in that we don't have to put an F bomb on a shirt for people to buy it. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have to, uh, approach the world through a lens of nihilism for, for people to be drawn to it. And, and I think like, you know, when you go to these metal festivals, it, it can be like least common denominator stuff like this, the, the low hanging fruit, the things that are easy to say, like, you know, it, but we're all walking in there with a context, like people are complex things. Um, I just heard a parable today uh, about uh, a boy and, and an ox sitting down and they went on this long journey. And at the end of the day, um, this boy shares a piece of wisdom with the ox and, and he says to his friend, the ox, Hey, I, I met my anger today. And I think I found out its true name. And the ox says, what is it? And the boy said, grief, you know, for so many of us, we're walking around with these intense emotions that just haven't been explored, that they haven't been given the space to fully introduce themselves. So I think a lot of like the anger and machismo and, uh, F the world kind of mentality that you see at some of these festivals is really just thinly veiled concern, thinly sure. veiled sadness, thinly veiled grief. And what we provide at these events is not a, a source of positivity, but a source of authenticity of a chance just to, to take a beat and, and to, to acknowledge the parts of life that are certainly worth celebrating and the parts of life that that can hurt. And you don't have to explain either of those away, but you can be fully present to, to any of it. Um, wow. I covered a lot of ground with a, with a um, brief question of just, it's, you know, guys, it's all good. What, you know, I was the, thinking, the, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was thinking that, uh, you know, aftershock it, on the surface, it looks like a large group of people, like you say, just kind of screw the world and it's all about me. But when you start to talk to all these people, which I'm sure you've talked to quite a few, um, you, you find out everybody's pretty cool and pretty much everybody's pretty accepting of everybody else. And, and uh, there's a camaraderie, I guess, you know, yeah. we're all in it together. I, I feel very home at home at Aftershock. It's my thing. I love to do. So did you, now you mentioned earlier that you're not just a suicide thing, but you're also um, like a mental health thing, like self harm and that sort of thing. uh, Tell me a little more about that. uh, What you do as far as, you know, you're not just focused on the suicide part of it, but also tell me what uh, I'm focusing on aftershock. Now tell me what you, uh, if you can, what you seem to encounter most of at aftershock, what was the thing that you heard the most over and over again? 
Right on. Yeah. So uh, like I said in the mission statement at the onset, um, the the four kind of pillars of our mission statement, which are admittedly a bit antiquated now, are depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. But over the years, we've expanded that as our as we've learned more, as we've learned more about the people that we are serving and just how people are talking about pressure points, about stressors, about pain. Um, so we, we address people that uh, wrestle with anxiety disorders, with post-traumatic stress, with eating disorders and disordered eating. Quite frankly, anything that you're walking through that feels too much for you to handle, we're there to connect some dots. And so often, you know, when we talk about mental health challenges, and maybe we can key in on suicide in this, uh, if, if you're talking to a friend that has had a suicidal crisis and unfortunately has been able to to wake up uh, the next day, often we ask them, hey, why didn't you ask for help? And normally we hear one of two different types of answers. One, I didn't know who to ask. And that's actually the easy one. Like the resources are there. We're there to shine a light on where you can find some of that help. But the second one is a bit more insidious, a bit more subtle. And that question is, I didn't even know if it was okay for me to ask for help. Wow. I didn't know if it was safe for me to ask for help. I didn't know that if I asked for help, who would stick around? And, and I think that that's a good mirror for a lot of us, especially in, in a faith-based context of if someone were to open up about something truly painful, what would, how would that change the dynamic? And I think, you know, at our best, we should be aiming at, it wouldn't change the dynamic at all. It, we, we wouldn't approach this with judgment. We wouldn't uh, approach this with any sense of, of prejudice. And we certainly would not address a complex issue with a bumper sticker solution. Um, people are complex. You deserve more than a, a, a quick pithy phrase to fix right. you. You're not something that needs to be fixed. You're something that deserves to be loved, to be known, to be valued and heard and, and at times wrestled with, you know, like you deserve the time it takes to, to quote uh, one of my favorite poets, a guy named Shane Koizan, you deserve the time it takes to take the time to get to know you. Wow. And, and that's, that's what I think a lot of people are, are looking for, whether they encounter us online or they encounter us at a festival, they're I think a lot of people are looking for proof that they're not monsters. They're looking right. for proof that they are lovable. Um, so that there's been times I've been at a booth and I'll have people, you know, kind of dare me to, um, to pull away. They'll, they'll tell me some brutal things. They'll tell me some deep and, and heavy stories. And at the end of it, it often ends with a question of, Hey, can I give you a hug? Like I'm not going anywhere. Like, can, uh, can you chat for a second about, about some resources? Can you come back and visit me tomorrow just to check in and see how the day is going? So at Aftershock, you know, we're hearing all these stories. We're, we're hearing people uh, just this past year, people that are coming to the festival in the wake of, uh, of a loved one who died by suicide last year, last month. Last year, uh, one woman that came by literally six days after the death of her daughter wow. and like 
there, there's people walking around with these, with these gaping holes in their heart. And our, our hope in showing up here is just to say like, that's not your wound to carry alone. Um, in the same way, like we know that suicide doesn't happen in a bubble. There's people that have been living with um, untreated or undiagnosed uh, mood disorders, depression, anxiety, people that have been wrestling with addiction and, um, you know, what a place to do that than, than at a festival where you don't have to look too, too hard for, uh, for a vice to, right. to kick you back to. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's so, everywhere. So, yeah, like a lot of it, like I mentioned is, is not so much trying to, you know, slap uh, rainbow and unicorn and butterfly band-aids on people, but rather just say like, it's, it's okay if life hurts right now. Um, you, you don't, you don't have to perform for me, for us. Um, but if you can rock out to your favorite band and then you need to take 30 minutes because that, that reminded you of a loved one that you lost, like take that time here where you're safe here. Sure. Now, um, first of all, when I'm going to back up a little, you, you said you, you come across the two types of people that, you know, uh, I would say that at least in my case, I, I didn't attempt, but I, I was in some dark places. And, um, in my case, if somebody had said to me, why didn't you come ask for help? Uh, I would have said I was screaming for it. You just mm. didn't see the signs. Do you ever encounter that? Yeah, you know, and and I think again with seven billion people on the planet, um, no two stories are going to be exactly alike, right? Um, but but we, if we take the time to to actually hear, to actually listen, then we will hear some themes, and I think that's true. Like you have um, you have people, and I, I'm going to talk to you know um, specifically men of faith right now you have this added stigma that uh, that you're supposed to be the faith leader of your home, of your community. And don't you stumble lest someone else stumble. Mm -hmm. And that is totally, um, I believe, to be antithetical to what a, a true life of faith looks like, regardless of faith, whether mm -hmm. that's Christian um, or, or otherwise. Like there, once you... You know, faith should be a balm. Faith should be a safe place. Um, and again, I'm talking about any and all faiths and and no faiths. Like your the your lens that you see the world should be a, a source of comfort, not a source of of like I mentioned earlier, um, a pressure to perform. I don't. And this kind of ties back to music. Like, if you get the chance to meet your favorite musician your hope is that you meet a real version of them, right? Like right. you don't want to meet the person that, that is manufactured on the stage that is photoshopped um, for, for all their album art. Like you're hoping to meet a real human. And, and I think like, you know, you, you have people that believe that they have to be a certain level of messed up before they ask for help. Um, and then you have people that think that they are too messed up to accept that help. And, and both of those are lies. Right. Um, not like neither of those things can be true. Um, but, but Dave, I appreciate your sharing that, like, 
in your dark moments, there were times that you thought that you, you were adequately asking for help, maybe not in, um, a way that people were ready to hear or equipped to hear or, um, or, uh, confident enough right, to hear. Right. But how often do we turn our head to the side because we don't want to get involved in something that's messy. And, you know, the last thing we ever want to do is, is blame uh, a victim, whether that's someone that is lost to suicide or a loved one that, that has lost someone to suicide. This is not a matter of, uh, you know, if only I did X, if only I changed this, like, um, and please hear me. This is not me saying that people that want to die by suicide will die by suicide. That is a myth that there are adequate ways to intervene in every uh, circumstance. Um, but, but I think, you know, so often we don't insert uh, a voice of help because we feel like we, we, lack the letters behind our name to offer help, uh, that we lack the credentials. But the truth is you don't need a master's degree to be a friend. You don't need a doctorate to ask the question, how are you doing? And then follow it up with, yeah, but, but really like there is no, um, there's no class on, on how to ask better questions. That's just something that you learn to do through, through community, through authenticity, through leaning into to friends and honestly through practice. Um, not every conversation you have has to be the heaviest conversation that you have, right. but, but we can work our way up to levels of, of trust. Well, it's like I say, I'm sorry, I cut you off, Aaron. I'll, I'll let you get no, into your thing. But it's like I say, um, you know, if, if somebody, and I had a hard time with this for a long time, I still do. But uh, if somebody is calling you or texting you, they are uh, asking for your attention. And especially in this day and age, we're so quick to ah, just get back to that or, um, yeah, I don't want to even deal with that text right now. Uh, so I had to, I don't know, condition myself, I guess, so that when somebody called me or texted me, I stopped and took that time. Mm. or a, I could at least send a text that uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of something right now, but I will call you back, you know, that sort right. of thing. And uh, uh, so I think that uh, in this day and age, I mean, where life goes by at a million miles an hour, um, we don't even, as humans, we don't even think that we're doing anything wrong by going, oh, yeah, another day. But uh, it happens, you know, and sometimes when somebody's texting or calling, they're just looking for somebody to talk to. They just don't want to yeah. feel alone. So, um, and I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, if you don't have anybody else to talk to, Chad here will help you, right? For sure, for sure. So, um, so Dave and, and Aaron, we, we did meet at a music festival, but uh, some time passed uh, before this conversation. Right. And what'd you do? You, you sent an email. And what happened? A human responded, not, not a robot. And um, so if you feel if at any point that, that you run out of places to, to share your story, to just reach out, to ask a question, you're welcome to send us an email. That's uh, just to info, that's I-N-F-O at T-W-L-O-H-A.com. 
Um, that being said, you know, again, for the sake of transparency, we're not a 24 hour helpline, but we have friends that do run these hotlines. So the key link to come away with from this conversation is TWLOHA.com slash find help. Uh, and that is going to be an encyclopedia of options for you. We have resources that are organized by topic, by key identifiers wow. uh, in your life. Uh, we also have a tool there that can help you find affordable mental health care options by zip code. Uh, oh. This is all literally- Wow, you guys are organized. So yeah, you know, we, we found that it's important to, to come equipped and to, to bring receipts that if we're talking about issues of uh, life, death, or coin flips, um, we wanna leave nothing to chance that if the question is, I don't know who to ask, we want to show you those places. If the question is, I don't know if it's okay to ask, then spend some time on our site. You're going to find blogs. You're going to find podcasts. You're going to find proof that you can talk about mental health and not explode. You can talk about mental health and people won't run away. You can talk about mental health and realize that perhaps your same struggles are what it's, it's something that relates you to other people instead of create distance between you and other people. Yeah. I Aaron, I cut you off. What, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say there was a song a while back called Truth Be Told by a Christian artist, uh, Matthew West. And I first time I heard that song, I listened to it 10 times yeah. straight through because I realized that not everybody who goes to uh, church has got it all together. And uh, one thing I try to do is when I say how it's going, I try to look him in the eye and wait for a response, not just pass by, but look him in the eye. H how's it really going? Yeah. Cause I, cause I want to know how, how you're doing at this time, because you never know when you can really help somebody. You know, that's the awkward mm -hmm. part of the, the whole church experience for me when yeah. I go and they have a, a greet your neighbor moment yeah and uh i shake hands with a lot of people that i don't know they say hello and i come away still not knowing who they are a mm -hmm. and and that's what you're saying is you know everybody just shakes hands and moves on which kind of brings me to my next question which is um have you noticed any kind of spike you've been in this for about 15 years you said so uh, yeah yeah so well, we can round up to, to 15 but thir 13 is the okay most honest answer. i like 15 but in quotations <laughs> 13 um so have you noticed any kind of spike since or increase since um uh, uh everybody's got a an iphone number one and did you see any kind of increase through the pandemic where people were getting locked down and losing friends to Corona and, you know, all kinds yeah. of craziness going on. Excellent question. So, so first, as far as it relates to how we relate to the world, uh, a lot of that is mediated through a screen. Our relationship uh, while it started in person is solely capable because we live in the 21st century and we have internet and webcams and, and, and all that jazz. But so I say that to say that to write love on our arms, we've really been able to see the best and the worst that the internet can provide. Um, yes, there is, you know, the bullying that we face growing up is different than, than what folks are facing today. Um, and that's not just for kids either. Mm -hmm. uh, th this is like adults. Peer abuse is real. Peer abuse does not care 
um, about your age. This, this is something that happens. A lot of times we call it gossip, but we don't really uh, take the time to acknowledge that that is something that can be a, a hugely detrimental to the mental health of our friends and family. Um, but yes, so we have seen uh, certainly some trends where, where pain and enemies can be closer than, than ever because of technology. But on the flip side of that, hope and help are also closer than ever. So uh, our friends um, in Crisis Text Line, they run a 24-hour network that is a uh, crisis intervention service through text. This is possible because of technology that rests in our pocket, in our hands. So at any time, day or night, any age, anyone can text Aloha or text any word uh, to the number 741-741. And that will get you immediately connected to a trained responder to help you navigate whatever it is you're walking through. That doesn't have to be suicidal crisis. This could be questions about sobriety. This could be uh, struggling just with loneliness. This could be, and, and they've done some incredible research about what the pandemic did uh, according to the conversations that, that were coming in through their network. And that really leads into the next um, piece of your question of what did we see in these past 18 to 24 months when we were uh, you know, geographically isolated from, from one another, when we were socially distanced and what did that mean? What did that cause? And you know, I'm, I'm here to say like, even as someone that had the benefit of having a secure job, this was a hard year and a half, two years as someone that um, a lot of my work brings me in, you know, to music festivals, uh, to places that did not exist for almost two years. And I'm seeing my friends who are artists and industry members uh, getting laid off, getting furloughed, wondering if they're going to have a job at the end of this, wondering if music will ever come back. Like, I, I was struggling with kind of survivor's guilt. Like what made me so freaking lucky that I got to keep my job and, and my friends did not. Like these, these are heavy things. Um, we saw that uh, the CDC did some research and, and they found in a survey that one in four young adults age 18 to 26 had thought about suicide because of circumstances related directly to the pandemic. Wow the world around us has real effects on us. You don't have to skate through this stoically and pretending like you're Teflon and it's going to rub or just, you know, kind of slough right off you. It's not life is real and life can be real hard. Um, so one in four young adults thought that maybe there was no such thing as a better day on the horizon. So, you know, that's probably one of the biggest questions that I'm asked at any event that I go to is, are things getting worse? And, you know, I don't know if things are indeed getting worse or if we're just becoming more comfortable talking about it. And I think that, you know, really kind of comes to the crux of this topic of suicide prevention, that suicide prevention has to happen outside of crisis moments. This moment right now, Dave, Aaron, that we're sharing, this is suicide prevention. Even though none of the three of us are currently at risk of losing our lives, what we're doing and talking about uh, openly, talking about mental health and suicide is suicide prevention. So people are getting more comfortable talking about this 
But just talking about it isn't enough. Finding ways to talk about it appropriately, talking about it when it's not a life or death situation is important. Saving space in schools, at your workplace, at your community of faith, talking about this outside of the context of a memorial vigil is how we're going to keep more of our friends and family and ourselves alive by proving that we can talk about it, that this doesn't have to be hush-hush. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think at, in certain ways, we have seen some spikes uh, in, in upward trends, but a piece of me is wondering if that's just because we're on the verge of a breakthrough, where now people find that we can talk about it, now the key is finding the correct tone and vocabulary to talk about it consistently and appropriately. Right. Well, to wrap this up, uh, the lights don't stay on by themselves and the travel expenses and everything else that, uh, that it, the, the expenses occur. Um, how can they help uh, to oh, write love in their arms? I'm, I'm honored that you would ask that. So there's a number of ways and uh, we've been really fortunate that over the years um, most of our fundraising has happened through individual donors not through massive mega grants um, this happens through through grassroots level and we love that it feels punk rock and it right. feels honest and it feels relatable so uh, there's a number of it's ways pure can, is what it is it's Chad pure. it's pure it's you know it's a, it's about as close to one-to-one -one as you can get and we love that we love that so you can uh, check us out at twaloha.com slash donates for ways that you can uh, support us financially. Uh, that can look like a one-time gift. That can look like being a recurring donor. We love our recurring donor program. We call you Twaloha Blue. These are folks that give every single month. And uh, those are funds that are specifically earmarked for in-person outreach opportunities. Um, we, uh, very brand new to us. We're accepting crypto. So if you're wow. looking at some, um, some Bitcoin that you can't wait to get off your hands and sure. want to put to good use, <laughs> feel free to send it this way. But beyond I, that, I may do also... that with my crypto because I'm, I'm not into that whole crypto. I tried it out. I tried out the crypto. I, I threw 20 bucks at Coinbase or whatever it's called. And I went, I'm just going to see what it does. And I walked away from it. I was like, <laughs> It's so volatile. I'm like, I'm out of I, it. <laughs> I could not like, so, I mean, I, I say that you can donate it. I don't even know how that works. Yeah. Uh, so I, well, let me know, Chad, I'll, I'll throw my 20 bucks over to you. <laughs> right on. It'll do well, more good with you, you than it will with them. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, one other thing you can do, Dave, with that 20 is visit our store. So store.toloha.com. Um, we, uh, like I said, you know, music and merch have, have been at the heart of what we do from day one and the proceeds go to directly fund our programs and the shirts, uh, don't suck. Um, you know, we, <laughs> no, the, the shirts all, don't suck. No, the, 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 <laughs> the shirts are quite nice. I, uh, my son bought a uh, jacket from you at the aftershock. Right and on. So, well, I, hope, I hope he loves it. I hope oh, he's he, putting it to good use. He wears it all the time. Hey, Aaron, uh, when, when we get our shirts made, can you get that on there? Shirts that don't suck? <laughs> it's a great I like that. plan, as it turns out. Yeah, <laughs> right? Just keep, keep doing things that don't suck, and, and perhaps you get to stay around for a little while. But, but you know, one thing that we love about the, the merchandising piece of it is – it's not the most effective fundraising tool, but this isn't about just money. 
Like I can't just give you a hundred dollars and say, Dave, fix suicide with this hundred bucks. And there's not going to be one correct answer in how you do that. But, but we, we know that as a society, we've not prioritized conversations about mental health very well, but we talk about shirts all the time. Hey man, I see your tool shirt. Did you get that at a show? Like, tell me, tell me about your memories about that. Or, Hey man, I see that aftershock show. Were you there? I was there too. Like this becomes a way to create proximity. So if something we put on our shirt strikes up a conversation, Hey, like what's that phrase mean to write love on our arms? Like, that sounds weird. Is that a band? Like, what's that mean? If a piece of cotton can lead the way into life-saving conversation, then, then so be it. So you can visit us at toloha.com slash donate. You can visit us store.toloha.com. Um, but beyond that, if we know we're in the holiday season, funds can be getting pretty tight. Um, just stay in touch with us. Follow us on social media. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we'd love to connect with you in, in a way that doesn't feel like a high pressure sales situation. We we're in this because of, and for you. So in whatever way that we can stay in touch, we, we relish that opportunity. Awesome. And when, uh, when you say Twaloha, I knew I was going to screw that up. No, that was great. Twaloha. Uh, it takes a couple of times and then it's easy. Um, it's T W L O H A. Cause you might be kind of wondering when you go to type it in what it is. It's T W L O H A. And, um, you you got some phone numbers. I know you had a text number earlier. Do you have any other phone numbers that you can provide to people? Yeah, totally. So 1-800-273-TALK, that is um, the suicide crisis hotline. Um, They do incredible work. Um, You, we, we have, um, you know, numbers for, all sorts of identifiers, whether that's veteran status or LGBTQ status. If you um, if you're looking for resources specifically for um, for for people of color, we have resources for that. You deserve to connect with people that uh, that you can relate with, people that you don't have to defend your existence to or explain your. Oh, he froze up. I hope we didn't lose him. Well, that. That's not good. No. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's try to get him back so we can finish up, and then we'll uh, we'll come right back. All right. Sound good? All right. It's Rock Salt. We're back. Rock Salt with Chad from To Write Love on Her Arms. We had a little technical difficulty, and um, the whole Zoom meeting and everything just dropped. So it froze up and dropped. So we got Chad back on the phone to finish this up. And, and Chad, you were given some phone numbers uh, of places people could go to talk to people or seek out resources and all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, depending on when, uh, how, how y'all decide to splice this together, I, I would definitely say that the key, um, the key webpage to head to, if you're looking for resources, if you're looking for proof that you're not alone, would be our website, twloha.com slash find help. And like I mentioned earlier, you're going to find uh, a number of options to find uh, 24-hour helplines. You're going to find options for, uh, for help by topic, by a specific mental health challenge, and by key identifiers. But again, if you scroll down just a little bit further to that blue bar in the middle, you're going to see an option to find counselors, to find peer support groups, to find even intensive inpatient 
uh, treatment programs by zip code. And these are all resources that operate at affordable rates that reduce costs. Um, and even then, if you found something that you believe will be beneficial to you and money is the only thing standing in the way, we have scholarship dollars available. Again, on that same website, twloha.com slash find help. Uh, we want to make sure that you find the distance and, and points of connection that you deserve. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Um, you know, I hope this leads to, to, you know, you know, hundreds or thousands of people getting help and, and are leading to those, you know, who want to help others, you know, by just asking a question, how are you doing? Yeah. And that's another question. A quick question I had for you is, um, if, uh, if somebody can't afford to donate and they want to, can they donate their time? We, we definitely have ways um, that we can use your your time and your energies. And obviously that looks a little bit different as the world is waking up from, from COVID. But uh, the best way to keep abreast of those opportunities is, again, that, that webpage. And we have a drop-down tab that says Get Involved. It should be like the second thing that you see on our website uh, on the top line. And those are some great ways that you can uh, get involved, whether that's uh, finding ways to bring us to your campus, to bring us to your faith community, to bring us to your your company. Um, it, something honestly as simple as just sharing our blog, sharing our social media posts. You never know when a retweet can be, again, that entryway into authentic conversation. So, um, you know, money, money helps, um, but it's not the end all be all. Uh, you being you, you being a caring person and a sharing person uh, has just as much value. Awesome. All right, Chad, thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to connect with you um, across time zones and, and across states where I'm, I'm super stoked that, um, what, what's this? We've, uh, we've spanned two entire months now and that's, that's something, that's something pretty cool to me. Yeah. 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 All right, so to write love on her arms, thank you, Chad. And uh, we're going to get back to some music here, Aaron. Yep. Uh, with the uh, Rock Salt Musecast experience. Hey, this is Steve from the Ward 66, and you are listening to the dynamic duo of podcasters, Aaron and Dave on Rock Salt Radio. Rock salt musecast experience with Aaron and Dave, and uh, it's it's time to wrap it up, Aaron. It's uh, we we put in it's been, been probably one of our best shows. It it, it was really good. Yeah, it, it had its deep moments, and then it had its uh, light moments, which I thought was good with this subject. We want to thank Jermaine from Tricord, uh, Ryan from Reborn, Young Lou, and Chad from To Write Love on Her Arms. Yes. Uh, for coming on the show and helping us out and doing all this. Uh, we, we hope you enjoyed it. And you know, honestly, uh, if one person hears it, that needs to hear it, that's all We're, my job is done. You right. Oh yeah. So this is, uh, you know, about three, four years ago, it really hit me with a person that committed suicide. I thought I had it all together and I had really never even thought about depression, suicide or anything like that. I, you know, Thought everybody was not okay, but I mean, just getting by. 
And when that happened, I was like, wow, this is a subject. This is something in the church, something in the world that we need to talk about. And uh, as all our guests talked about, you know, you know, ask people, are you all right? And listen to their answer. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it is just listening. Uh, a lot of people that are lonely or depressed or whatever, they just want somebody to listen to them. That's all they want. Some human inter- interaction. Yeah. I think on their story to write love in their arms, the story just talks about loving one another, uh, filling someone's life with love and, as we go through this holiday season, um, some people can be real depressed that they don't have any family or friends. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening uh, and you are okay and everything, that you're trying to help someone who feels lonely and doesn't have anybody and just kind of welcome him in uh, with your arms. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I could add anything more that all our guests didn't say already. So I'm going to cut this one short. Okay. Uh Till next week. Yep. Happy trails. Happy trails. If I ever get that way, oh. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend.